Beast High. Hello, podcast. It's Wildcat Minute, where we talk about High School Musical 3, senior year, one minute at a time. I'm Condra. And I'm Tyler. And today we're talking about Minute 12 of High School Musical 3, senior year. Minute 12 starts out with Troy singing, oh yeah, and <laughs> ends with them both singing together, it's always you and me, but Gabriella's like looking for Troy because she's run off from him in the treehouse and now she's like, where did he go? So like there's this juxtaposition of what they're singing and what they're actually doing. Yeah, the the song is needlessly complicated. <laughs> we'll get there. But for now, they're still just sitting with their legs dangling over the, the leg. Their hands held. And looking at each other. I, and I like this version of the song, and I think this is what we'll be talking about. Because, as you know, I liked the last minute, which you was did. just them calmly sitting and talking. It almost felt like a real teen movie. Yes, and now they're just doing that singing. Yes, and it it has sort of, like, it sort of works. Like, when the song builds up to them singing, right here, right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, it's kind of a, a good swell. It's not like... Yeah, yeah, this swell is good. It's not so triumphant. Like, the problem is that the song keeps trying to build from there. Mm. It's like capitalism. Like, you don't need to keep going up. <laughs> <laughs> you can just, like, find a spot where you're at and be happy with it. Yeah. So they they agree that where you are is where I should be, too? Well, well, hold on. They They first say that the wishing star is a he- he knows that where you are oh. is where I should be too. Well, I mean, yeah, that's um, that's a bit of a goof em up on their part, don't they? Know that the wishing star is a she because it's the blue fairy. Oh, I mean, or I mean, it's a it's a non binary god kind of thing. I mean, I don't know the specific lore, but claiming that a wishing star is a he just seems like another tool of the patriarchy. Like, no, men don't make your wishes come true. <laughs> No, clearly by the new trailer of the Disney movie Wish, men take the wishes and use them to their advantage <laughs> and rob everyone else of their happiness. Yeah, um, like unless it's the genie. Mm. But the honestly, though, the genie is a non-binary king. Like, let's be honest here. <laughs> well, and, and then even then, like the genie is is like granting your wishes like with a caveat. And that that's not necessarily... Not what's going on here. Like, Troy and Gabriella's relationship is kind of a caveat. Yeah. Inherently. Yeah. Like, you'll be together, but it'll constantly strain <laughs> what you think is right. And you know what? That's what love is. Love is like a, a wish from a genie. Except the genie cannot make people fall in love with each other. That's one of the big rules. Yes. I, I feel like it's a little more like a blue fairy. Because, like, the blue fairy of Pinocchio, blue fairy... At least the Disney version is associated with a wishing star. When you wish upon a star. And, and if we want to do another wishing star, Princess and the Frog, the wishing star is also Evangeline, Ray's girlfriend, who had passed on. And then Ray joins her at the end. But the main wishing star that we see throughout the movie is the same star that is associated with Evangeline. So make of that what you will. No, I'm totally on board. You know, like wishing stars don't have to be personified either. Like it could just be like the concept of a star. Like it's is it except in is Lion it the line is it the Lion King where one of them says like what if it's just a big ball of gas? Yeah, 
I was going to say, except in The Lion King, where they're the ancestors of the past looking down on or the great, excuse me, the great kings of the past looking down on us uh, and guiding us. So that could be anybody. Well, it also it also gets into the thing of like the a wishing star is a single star like constellations can be men. Yes. Like, like Orion. Orion. Yeah. But a single star, I feel like. Like, because constellation is like a piece of cultural imagery, right? But yes. a single star doesn't have an identity. Well, Except I mean, like Beetlejuice in like and, astronomy, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and we all know Beetlejuice is Michael Keaton, so so. But I would argue that Beetlejuice is NB. <laughs> okay. Or gender Fair fluid enough. at the least. Anyway, I I just. It it rubbed me the wrong way that like he knows that where you are like he who's he oh it's the wishing star yeah it's just an inappropriate uh, pronoun that just 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 does not fit <laughs> they should have just repeated the noun because the star knows that where you are that would have been too many syllables um, Vanessa Hudgens does a. a a naturally good job of doing that flirty, smiley lip syncing. Yep. It's like it's like she's been doing that since day one. She she knew how to look cute and sing. Yep. Yeah, she's that's her job. Yep. She's she's looking good. Um, I want to focus on this zoom out here, which I guess we're not quite at yet. But um, the next couple lines are very uninspired. They are. I'm looking at you, and my heart loves the view because you mean everything. Which is fine. Well, again, it could be a callback to, to because I like liked the, the view. view. Yeah, Bolton Montez, you have a callback. Which didn't make sense in the song when there was me and you. <laughs> but well, no, we speculated that it was like their happiness together. Like if she was a non-corporeal body looking at them from the outside, <laughs> or just because she liked the view of, of looking at of Troy, Troy because Bolton. he's handsome to look at. Yes. So. Troy stands up, and we get a nice zoom out of the treehouse. And I would like to discuss some of the elements of the treehouse. Some of the accoutrement. Because therein. we see, kind of in the background, which we'll see be better next week, but a wheel. We see a wheel. What, what kind of wheel? Like a, like like a, a steering wheel? wheel? Like, like pirate a boat ship wheel. Steering wheel? Yeah. Okay. Yep. We also see the a helm? skull and bones. We see There's a, a flappy fish. We see a dartboard. We see a mounted fish. Different than a, a flappy fish. Because it's already like, it's like stuffed and pointing out kind of thing. It's already slightly flapped. Yeah. True. It's not a robotic flappy fish. It's not a robotic flappy fish. fish. We see two lanterns hanging from above their heads, but there's also floor lighting because there's a different color lighting coming down on the floor where they're <laughs> sitting. So is this treehouse wired up? Well, the lanterns, I don't know if they're necessarily wired. Okay. They're, they're soft lighting, so they could be like they're like fake lit. Just battery powered or... Yeah. All right. So we see a little more as the the camera begins to pan, so I just kind of want to do this all in one. We also see some netting hanging from the interior of the building. It looks like it could be a basketball net, but then it's like, no, it's it's kind of, I think it's just a net. It's just a net. And then we also <laughs> see an airplane just dangling in the middle of the room. And I just it's, it's like a, that. It's, it's a kid's treehouse, Condra. It's, kid's, it's no, got fun exact, stuff in it. I like that. that I'm <laughs> saying I like it, that it's all a little over the place, but there is a nautical theme to it all. 
like if nautical nonsense be something you wish. No. I'm just saying Troy is definitely a SpongeBob kid. Troy is a SpongeBob kid, 100%. <laughs> Even though he's a Disney kid. Troy and Chad could do SpongeBob lines back at each other forever. Yeah, it's you know it's funny because Troy Bolton is is definitely a Nickelodeon kid. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. easily. <laughs> he, does, he does not have the emotional depth to be a Disney kid. No, maybe he watches like Phineas and Ferb, but that would be it. But he's also <laughs> way too old for Phineas and Ferb. If we're timelining it according, like Phineas and Ferb is on television now when <laughs> High School Musical three senior years is live. So if we're Do putting Troy or. Gabriella have siblings? We don't think so, but we've also speculated a secret sister for Troy. Okay. We know Gabriella <laughs> is an only child. Okay. That's the other interesting thing is like it's it's weird that all of these people are only siblings. Except for Ryan and Sharpay, who are notably twins. <laughs> <laughs> Just like yeah, in a in a high school thing, like like it's weird there's no younger sibling coming up as a, a freshman. A lot of families or... have siblings. Yeah. Like even in Sky High it feels like the main guy and the main girl are also only children. But I guess that's different cuz they're superheroes and Yeah. They have like, to if limit you were superhero their power. parents and you had multiple kids like that's just inviting chaos. Like the Incredibles. Yeah. But yeah, I feel like a lot of the great high school movies like imply siblings. 10 things I hate about you. Cat that's, and that's all about siblings right there. Yeah. Uh, she's the man. Siblings. Siblings. These are the ones that are based on Shakespeare, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, Sydney White is a non-sibling as well. I don't know if that's a classic high school movie. Breakfast Club doesn't make it clear per se. No. But your other Molly Ringwalds. All have siblings. um, Pretty in Pink. 17, um, not 17 again. Uh, 17 again, though, does have. 17 again does have siblings. Uh, uh, mean Girls, mean, Only Child. Only Child. But do the other people have siblings in Mean Girls? Uh, Regina has a younger sister that dances. Oh, yeah, in front of the TV. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just need I just need the movie to acknowledge that, like, siblings are, like, a part of high school life. <laughs> are like, Ryan and Sharpay not enough for you? <laughs> no, because they exist, in, like, they exist in the same sphere. Like... The idea of, like, I'm in high school, but I also have, like, a 13-year-old sibling who, like, sometimes is just with me. Like, that is, like, that is a quintessential American high school experience. Like, all my friends are driving to Wendy's, and also my friend's little sister is here because his parents made made him bring her with us. Okay. Does that not read to you? Like, I don't know. I just, I don't see if it is a big deal. Like, it's not what the story needs like you were complaining a couple weeks ago about jimmy jimmy rocket man zara being added last minute like what we find out there's a secret sibling for i bet chad has a sibling i guess greece doesn't have any siblings no none that would be whatsoever the i'm just saying like embedded in the world like yes. there's this idea in high school like it doesn't have to be story relevant but it could just be a throwaway line of dialogue like, Troy, your dad's bringing your sister to her hockey game. And so you have to run practice like. <laughs> but yeah, I don't. It's I, I actually don't care about this that much. I just thought it was interesting that there were no siblings at High School Musical except for the twins, which is a pretty good counter argument. <laughs> <laughs> 
I did think it was interesting to run through the list and think of most of the like high school siblings. Like even the Goonies, like one of the pairs yeah, is, is a sibling. sibling. Like, yeah. No, I, I think siblings can be an important part of storytelling, but I don't feel like for this kind of story in the same like be like Greece too. It's not about family love. It's a, yes, Greece too as well. It's not about family <laughs> love. It's about friendship and like new love and that kind of stuff. Like it's not focused on necessarily past emotion, but new emotion. I think there's something to be said, like in this area, like in this time of your life, when you're trying to navigate, like what your identity is, there's something to it being like, well, I have like my family identity and I have my friend social identity and where do those lines get drawn? And a lot of the times like siblings are something that cross over, whereas like parents get left behind or something. Well, I think that Troy's basketballness helps prevent that leaving behind because his dad is so tied up in his basketball. Troy's basketball miss is a good phrase. Thank you. All right. Will we talk about when when Troy is singing, he stands up and puts his arms out. Yes. And then he leans back down. Ben on it has changed his life. (laughs) Ben on it has changed him. (laughs) honestly it's like the corny it's the corniness to the song that makes it work kind of thing it's it's corneography it is uh i think i think it works though because he's engaging gabriella making the scene more visually interesting and it's providing something to look at beyond them sitting there (laughs) because now they're gonna walk around the treehouse we're gonna get to see what else is in the treehouse like the netting and then airplane well, no, he, because the reason I said it was because he stands up, spreads his arms out, and then he leans back down to get her into like, and but like practically into the same pose that he was like just before he stood up. So it's like a we like because even the camera does it because the camera pans up to see Troy standing, and then it pans back down to the the regular sort of medium shot of Troy and Gabriella. You're right that it keeps it visually interesting, but like sometimes movies keep things visually interesting, but like logically it makes no sense. Sometimes you stand up and then you like turn to the person that you were sitting down with and you're like, oh, do you need help up? And Gabrielle is like in no. a cute dress and like definitely needs the help. Well, he also like le- like he like stands up because he's like so full of emotions. But then he's like, but wait, I'm singing to Gabriella. So I want to be like right face to face with her. Like he's kind of he's trying to do both. And you don't he- you don't like it. No, I'm just saying it's silly when the camera pans up to look at Troy that it pans back down to go back into the old pose. I think you forget that this is the Troy Bolton show. And You're right. And the camera needs to be on Troy as much as humanly possible. <laughs> and then they both stand up and then the song is like, again, go, let's just, it's going up and up and up, seemingly to nowhere. And then we get to a bridge. And if there was any song that didn't need a bridge, it's this one. But the nautical themed treehouse. We need a bridge to go over in their boat. (laughs) Yeah, a a bridge to the like a plank, like one of those like little things to help that helps you embark onto the the boat. The gangway. Are those? Do those? Is what is it called? Gangway. A gangway. Yeah, that's kind of like a bridge. Yeah. So Um, no, the song bridge, Condra. The the C section of the song, not the verse, the chorus, but the other middle section. Uh So the I'll promise you somehow. Or yeah, it's it's got it sounds kind of like there could be a key change, but it's more like it's just the bridge. Yeah, 
So it's, I'll promise you somehow, and then Troy responds with somehow we're gonna, and then Gabriella is, tomorrow can wait for some other day to be, and Troy sings to be, and then Troy sings, but right now there's you, and then the both of them sing, me. <laughs> and then actually after that is where I would say the bridge is starting, starting. Okay, so yeah, we're not quite there yet then. When the treehouse like starts spinning... That's yeah. the that's like the bridge starting. So right at the end of the minute. Yeah. So we we made all our bridge jokes prematurely. No, no, I'm I'm just saying like it it's clear in this minute that the the song is continuing and I'm saying the song should be wrapping up. It's been a minute and a 20 seconds. Yeah, you can have a soundtrack movie song that's a minute and 20 seconds. Like it can just be a little flurry of music and then it can cuz cuz it even sounds like it's a motif that might come back for later. Yeah. Like, I'm just like the thing the thing that happens in these movies is like they want everything to be like a music video, mm. like a whole two and a half minute song. And I you think don't of need this that. like Summer Nights, though, like this song, because Summer Nights is a full length song. And this song is doing emotional groundwork kind of thing. Like it's. Wait, Summer Nights from Greece, like the one where all the boys and girls are singing back and forth? Yes, but the the song is essentially an exposition dump to tell about emotions, which is kind of what this is, where the the our two teen lovers are just feeling big things and they need a moment to sing about it. I would say that they're, this they're not like each other at all. Like, Summer Nights is a musical song where... The the song is moving the plot forward, and this is a musical song where they're just expressing the same emotion that they were expressing in the scene, but now in song form. The preamble to Summer Nights, though, is the exact same thing, though. Like, they're well, they're saying, saying the like, same... I met this girl, and you're going to tell us about her, right? And he's like, yeah, and then it becomes a song, and then through the song, but we learn that no, information. The conversation with Frenchie and Rizzo and Cheerleader Girl... And Sandy, th- she's already explained a lot of the situation before she starts singing. But the song, like, it's it's the it's the two different types of musical songs, like a musical song that moves the plot forward and a musical plot that pauses the movie. And I would say that Summer Nights is moving the plot forward, and this song is pausing the movie where it's at. And it's okay for a song to be pausing the movie where it's at. Sometimes you want to linger in that emotion for a long time. Okay. I just... I don't know. I I think this. I think we have a fundamental disagreement about whether Summer Nights is <laughs> a necessary song. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how to describe it in my brain that like these two songs are kind of like they're because it's not like it's hopelessly devoted to you, where you're lingering in the emotion and it's like a hard stop. Yeah, but I like Hopelessly Devoted to You and you don't. So. I don't. I've never liked Hopelessly <laughs> Devoted to You. Uh, All right. Like, I guess, like I was just saying, is like I feel like if this was a like a minute and a half song that was just like a little melody to, to connect Troy and Gabriella at the start of the movie, that it'd be great. We didn't hire the writers that can do that, though. Our writers are <laughs> pop song writers. Not every song needs to be an anthem, I, I think is what I'm trying to say. Like... I don't take this as an anthemic song, though. Well, it's broad. It's going for, like, singing at the top of your lungs, treetop. Like, um, what's the song at the beginning of the first movie? The duet that they do at karaoke. Start of something new. 
Yeah, this is more like that song where it's like, but those are the it's like fun it's it's belting material. Sing. It's belting material, and it's like those make for good songs to sing along to when you're driving in the car or you're watching the movie with your friends. Those are the songs you want to be present because you want to sing along with those songs. You don't want to sing along with "Now or Never" or "Hopelessly well, Devoted this, to You." Again, I do want to sing along with "Hopelessly Devoted to You." I'd say. <laughs> But the start of something new worked because, like, even in the universe of the movie, like, it was just a straightforward pop song that had, like, A and B. Like, it, it went forward. This song's, like, too confusing now. Like, it doesn't have I a clear structure. I think you're making it. You haven't even heard the next bit. <laughs> and you're making assumptions about it. And we've been talking I'm just about saying the song. The song has not won me over. Like, it's been t- the lyrics have been not catchy enough. All right, I, I will reserve my judgment. Yeah, I'm like you're you're pre-judging here. Uh, I am, in fact, prejudiced against High School Musical songs by JB Houston specifically. You hear that, and you're like, <laughs> it's not breaking free. I'm out. <laughs> All right, so Gabriella stands up and she moves around the treehouse to one of the trees that is supporting said treehouse. And kind of hides behind it, which is a weird thing. Like, why are... Yeah, they're doing, like, a little hide-and-seek game. They're, like... Because like, she thinks Troy's going to come around the same corner that she he just went around. But then he's actually going around to the other side. After and he takes off so his jacket, of course. And so it's like, oh, which, which side is he coming from? Like, it's a little, yeah, hide-and-seeky. Yeah. Which is just weird. It would have been... I would have enjoyed it if they would have just, like, held hands and walked across... Like, walked around the exterior of the treehouse. Like, that would have been cute. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, do less is what I want the song to do. But Troy takes off his jacket because he is so moved by emotion. He's wearing white pants. (laughs) He's got to match his girl. Yeah, I just think... Teenage boys shouldn't wear white pants. Troy but is no they're... ordinary teenage boy. <laughs> he's he's going to get him dirty and then the stains aren't going to come out. But thank goodness Ryan, his mom is the huge breadwinner. Ryan can wear white pants. Yes. Troy? Mm. Chad, definitely not. No. Yeah. All right. Do you have anything else? So, for? I mean, we've kind of we've kind of mentioned it, but the, the, the whole set of the treehouse starts like spinning and moving. And we it's start a lot. panning around it. <laughs> I don't think it's, it is not spinning. I think it is kind of, there's, there's like a structure here because we're getting fluid movement. Like maybe the camera is on like a rig that's like rotating around. Yeah, I think the camera's on the rig. I don't think the structure itself is moving. I don't know if it's too complicated or like too stupidly simple. Like. (laughs) I like it. I think to give a sense of the space, because as Troy was saying a couple minutes ago for us. He and his dad built it. It's kind of a remnants of his past. And he's brought Gabriella into like his full life. It just feels like a fake set now. Like it doesn't feel like they're in the treehouse anymore. It feels like they're on like a weird rotating stage. I mean, it never looked very real to begin with. That was something we said very early on. But in that first shot, when we like see them in the treehouse with their legs dangling over, like like the treehouse looked like a, a prop a little bit, but... It still felt like, oh, this like we're in real life now. And now we're just kind of like up in the air and things are moving. It's like, uh, what's going on? It's part of the non-diegetic nature of the song, though, in that like it it does go beyond 
reality. It's hyper-realism. Indeed. I don't think that's what hyper-realism is. I know, but indeed. (laughs) All right. All right. Sounds like you're ready to move on to the next segment, Kondra. I am, because... Cue the music. know if you put music in because I don't listen to it so I just stay quiet so we are gonna do I'm I, I pulled out of the recesses of live action Disney films from the 60s oh boy and there's there's so many classic good movies from that era so I that everybody have, remembers fondly I have uncovered for you the 1960 film directed by William Bodine, starring Brian Keith, Ben Johnson, John Beale, and James Drury. Whoa, John Beatles in this one? Ten Who Dared. What? Ten. Spelled ten. out the number ten. Who Dared. Ten Who Dared. That That is a very grammatically... Confusing title, but sure. Get a little bit of a relative clause there. All right. Ten Who Dared. And you want me to guess what this movie is about? Yep. It sounds like a Seven Samurai ripoff. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, the Magnificent Seven. Mm-hmm. Seven Samurai. Like, Ten Who Dared. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it sounds like an adventure. Like, could even be like an army. Like, like an army battalion. Like, rescue mission. Like... Our man, our captain's stuck behind enemy lines, but but we've been told we've been ordered not to not to go rescue him. Well, I'm I'm going to rescue him, and anyone who wants to come with me can come. And then nine other people sign up, and then they all go, and it's an adventure to rescue the captain. And it's kind of folksy, like World War II, I guess, because we're sort of in an era of good feelings still in 1960. We haven't quite turned the corner on like war skepticism it is based on a real story too yeah so you all right know. just so you know so i'm saying it's 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 10 it's 10 young army men who i, I guess does disney make like war movies though this is the thing like but but it was but it's in this era where there's no way of knowing what disney's gonna do <laughs> my last 1960s live action was a romantic comedy with an alien and a regular dude yeah yeah, it's 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 like a it 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 well, I guess Red Badge of Courage is is like a criticism of this type of war story, but this like the courage or boldness motif like always always gives off like war hero. Unless it's a sports movie, but 10 on a sports field, that's not soccer is 11, right? Yeah. And baseball would be 9. I mean, obviously there's other baseball players that are involved on the team. Yeah, so I'm going I'm going military rescue brave brave soldiers who either defied orders or defied expectations to rescue their comrade and then were all heroic at the end and sort of Captain America-esque. Okay. What war are we doing then? World War Two or or I guess Korean War also. Like I don't know what the when the the dates line up, but not Vietnam, obviously. But this is Walt Disney. Yeah, so World War Two, is it World War One? I? I don't <laughs> Civil War, <laughs> American Revolution. <laughs> what does it matter? 
It's the Trojan War, Condra. There you go. <laughs> it's Achilles and Odysseus and Ajax and the other Ajax. <laughs> All right, I'm ready for the answer, though. All right. So it is actually so the the true story it is based on is U.S. Army officer John Wesley Powell, who was one of the first white colonizers to travel down the Colorado River and make a map of an, quote, unexplored area documenting the Colorado River for, for colonizers. So they are, it's an incredibly treacherous journey for them because they have no sense of anything. Um, and they they plan to discover quote unquote Colorado. Um, it's very task tasking on them. They are actually um, there's some inebriated folk that destroy some of their supplies. There is fraught indigenous communications with like the indigenous folks giving insight on the landscape, but them not listening to them. And some of the men commit mutiny after hearing these stories and people like Powell continuing on. But the the mutineers get uh, killed by indigenous folks because they are uh, misidentified as, as murderers themselves. And Powell eventually makes it to a release point of the Colorado River, which in which it flows into Lake Mead. Um, so it's a grand fanfare at the end as he co- successfully completes his mission. Not with 10 at that point, though. 10 do not he, survive. He finds the hidden valley and the, exactly. the, the tree star. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it takes place in 1869. Okay. So. So I post- was off by 80 years still. Yeah. yeah. Post-Civil right. War. Walt loves that time. Yeah, I guess I guess wild that I figured out that it was sort of like a like a mission movie. Yeah, yeah, Colorado. Like, I, okay, I can definitely see like wanting to do a Lewis and Clark movie, but yeah. not like Lewis doing and Lewis and Clark. Like, we'll just do like we'll just do this other made up figure and except he was real. Except he was real. Like, yeah, and we'll do this like adventure through the wilderness, and it's sort of like adjacent to the nature documentaries mm-hmm. too. And then also very much in the like still era of cowboys and Indians genre of movie yeah. making. Yeah. It is described as a Western film. Yeah. In the in the very literal sense of like in what like in what way did America define its Western cultural values on the frontier? All, all Westerns are about that stuff. So, yeah. yeah. But not not all Westerns are cowboy movies. No. So, yeah, that's that's very cool. Um. Yeah, I, I, I guess when I was pitching my plot, I forgot that you just listed like five different men as yeah. the cast. And I was like, I guess I guess I never I never doubted that the ten who dared were all men. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you heard five five names of dudes and you were like, Yep, all men. Well, like even like I, I, I disassociated the fact that you said all men and I just right right away knew that the ten who dared were men. <laughs> it's the nineteen sixties. Yeah. And you no, know, it's also interesting that it has sort of an Odyssey vibe too. Yeah. Like, like I'm the captain. I'm going to take us through this perilous journey. Some of the men aren't going to make it to the end. Yeah. 
Not only are they not going to make it to the end, it's their fault. They're not making it to the end. Yeah. But me, I'm the captain. I'm flawless. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. All right. Well, that's that does seem more like a Disney movie than the war movie. So it's okay. We never get it right. (laughs) One day we will get it right. And our minds will be blown. Well, I guess that happened by accident a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks. Uh, (laughs) My great shame. Uh, Um, (laughs) So if you want to play along at home, follow us on social media. We're on Instagram and Twitter for now at Amateur Nerds. <laughs> yeah, it really seems like Twitter's just, just just getting closer to biting the dust. You can follow us on Tumblr at Wildcat Minute. You can send us an email to AmateurNerdsPresent at gmail.com. I want to do a mash'em up. Send us some mash'em up ideas. Oh, we haven't done a mash'em in a while. I'm looking at Disney Plus and it doesn't look like 10 Who Dared is on Disney Plus. That's not surprising. <laughs> Rate, review, subscribe on the thing you're listening to right now. We haven't said that in a hot minute. Tell a friend. Oh, that is the best way to get podcast engagement is just to verbally recommend a show and like force them to download it on their phone. <laughs> yeah. Take their phone, just secretly download it, and then they'll be like, hey, what's this thing? <laughs> why, why am I subscribed to this show? I might as well listen to it. Special thanks to our artist, Theo Golden, at TGoldenArt on Instagram. And our musician, Joe Winslow, whom you can find at JoeWinslowMusic.com. I have been Condra. And I've been Tyler. We'll see you next time to find out if this song pays its rent. You can bet on it.